0: All right, Daniel chapter number six, and we're going to continue our series on continuing in the work of God. And we've looked at really some different aspects of this, of continuing the work of God. We started in Ephesians, and we said that if you're going to continue in God's work, you've got to be part of God's family. There's no way of doing God's work without being part of God's kingdom or God's family. And that was the first step in continuing in the work of God. Then we talked a little bit about what that work entails and and how we're to view ourselves as, the, as a worker. We're, we're a farmer and we're a building. And we said that we're God's farm. God works on us so that we can work on others. We're God's building. God builds us up so we can build others up. And our work is to be producing gold uh, and silver and precious stones, things that have eternal value. And then we said that Paul, uh, in that same passage in Corinthians, he said not only do we can we have work that produces gold, silver, and precious stones, but we could also produce work that is wood, hay, and stubble. And we said that the wood, hay, and stubble are things that are temporary, things that really only last for this life and won't really matter after it. And there's so much more beyond this life that When you think about it, when you see the value of it, you'll find that in the end it really is just wood, hay, and stubble. It's meaningless. It's temporary. Uh, It's going to go up in smoke and nobody's going to care. But those things that are godly, those things that are in the work of God, are things that will remain eternal. Things that will uh, be uh, something that will make a difference and impact the lives of others. Now, if we're going to do the work of God, I really wanted to focus on tonight this of walking in faith, having a, a, a relationship with God, a walk with God that reflects our faith in God. Now, anyone that's ever impacted someone else's life uh, has been someone that has remained in the work of God long enough so that that work can impact someone else. Anyone, anyone, you you go through the scriptures, you go in your own personal life, but anyone that has ever impacted or done something in the work of God that's had any kind of lasting value, you'll find that they had a walk of faith. And they had to remain in that walk of faith so they could produce something of an impact in the lives of others. Now, have you ever, and think about this, have you ever had someone in? Life impact your life in such a way that you changed because of what they said or what they did because of what they taught you or because of something that you learned from them from maybe watching them or hearing them Uh, maybe you've had if you're playing sports you maybe you've had a coach that was there that really taught you how to play the game the right way and they 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 took time to sort of train you on how to do and develop skills in whatever game or whatever sport you've played. Or or maybe you're a musician, and you had a music teacher that had a lot of passion, and they were able to pour into you their knowledge, and because of that, you became a better player on that instrument. If you've ever had that, you know how much and how important that is. I mean, I've always admired people that have that kind of impact. I've had many that have had that kind of impact in my life. Uh, people that have just taken time and I've, I've found that there's so much to learn from them. You know, there's something to learn of people that just do something long enough to be great. I, I admire people that, uh, even that are perhaps not Christians, but they do something at a high level for a long time. You can't help but admire them. Most of you know that I'm a, a big, diehard Cowboys fan. I love the Cowboys. Uh, but I can't help but admire someone like Tom Brady. Do you know that Tom Brady was drafted into the NFL when I was a junior in high school? He's been doing this for 18 years, playing quarterback for the New England Patriots. In those 18 years, he's won six Super Bowls. He's gone to nine Super Bowls. That, on average, is every other year the guy is going to the championship game. No one else in NFL history has ever done that. He's been amazing in his career. Uh, if, I, I know this is going to be a little bit of a dated reference, but those that like baseball, has anyone heard of Cal Ripken Jr.? Cal Ripken Jr. holds the record for the most consecutive... He was an unbelievable player in the 1980s and the 1990s. Uh, he was shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles, and he was, he was an unbelievable player. He's a two-time MVP. He's a Hall of Famer. Unbelievable, but what he's knows, most known for is that he played 2,632 consecutive games. He went, and I don't know how many seasons that is, that's 162 games in a season. If he did 10, uh, ten seasons, that's sixty-two games. He, he, he did almost 20 seasons without missing one game. That's like going your whole, you know, elementary, middle school, and high school without a day of school. That's crazy. That's what that guy did. He was known as the Iron Man of baseball. There's a guy by the name of A.C. Green. He's a basketball player. Played for the Lakers. He played in 1,192 consecutive games. If you don't like sports, maybe you like Norman Rockwell. If you're an artist, you probably have heard the name. One of the most famous uh, painters in history. He was very famous in the 1930s and the 1940s during World War II. His paintings, if you don't even know him, I know you've seen his paintings. Norman Rockwell uh, painted for the Post. Ever since he was 14 years old, that's all he wanted to do. And he was amazing at it. He had a really, really for it. Uh, when he passed away, the state of Massachusetts nominated him as uh, their uh, representative of the most famous painter out of the state of Massachusetts. He was, he was an amazing man or if you know about Jack Welch, he is C- or was a CEO for General Electric. He wasn't just any CEO. He was like the CEO of CEOs. In his time as a CEO, that's the president of the company of GE. Now, how many of y'all know what General Electric is? GE all right, if you have a refrigerator, if you have a stove, if you have almost any kind of house uh, thing, toasters, GE makes all of that. General Electric, look at all, most of the appliances in your home. Uh, you can go back tonight and look, and you'll, I'm sure you'll find something of GE there in your home. When Jack Welch, he uh, in the 70s became the president of the company, by the time he retired, and that was in 2006 the company had grown by over 4,000%. It was unbelievable. In fact, his retirement package in 2006, when he retired, the company gave him $417 million. That was his retirement fund. Unbelievable. But as I think of all of these people, whether it's Tom Brady Jr., A.C. Green, uh, whether it's Jack Welch, or whether it's Norman Rockwell, All of these people have something in common, and that is that they did what they did over a long period of time. They weren't just great for one year. They didn't just win one Super Bowl. They didn't just win one championship. It was over and over and over, every day, every day, every day. And let me tell you something. If you are going to do something great in the work of God, this walk of faith has to be something you do every day, day in and day out. You know, each and every one of us in here has the potential to be like a Cal Ripken Jr. To go 2,000 games going over and over, playing and playing again and playing again and playing again and being so consistent. You know, you might not be able to do that in baseball, but you can certainly do that in your Christian walk. God is looking for someone that will just decide today, I want to have a walk of faith. I want God to do something. Listen, a lot of people have impacted my life. I'd like to impact someone else's life. That's what the work of God is all about. It's impacting other people's life. But here's the question. If I were to ask you this evening, what, what does a walk of faith look like? How do you know if you have a walk of faith anyway? Is having a walk of faith holding a Bible like I'm holding it now? I have a walk of faith. Is it walking like this with the Bible? That guy's got a walk of faith. What does it mean to have a walk of faith? How do you spot someone that has that? Well, this evening, that's what we're talking about. What exactly it means to have a walk of faith. Look in Daniel chapter 6. We're going to start there. And I just want to share with you really quick five characteristics. Five characteristics of what it means to have a walk of faith in your Christian life. Because if you have a walk of faith, let me tell you something, you're going to be doing the work of God in your life. Having a walk of faith allows you and empowers you to be able to impact someone else's life. A walk of faith. Daniel chapter 6 is the first passage I want to look at. Daniel chapter 6 verses 10 and 11 know that Daniel, if you don't know the story, was a a, a teenager really when he was driven away from his home uh, city of Jerusalem, taken in captivity to Babylon, taken by perhaps one of the most ruthless kings in history, Nebuchadnezzar. The Babylonians were some of the most ruthless people alive. They were at that time for sure the most ruthless people, but even in all of history. History tells us that Usually when they would conquer a people, they would be sure so that when they were moving the people to their capital to become slaves for them, in order to make sure that that slave would not go back and want to have the desire to go back to where they come, what they would do is they would line up their parents and they would mutilate their parents. In other words, they would cut off their mom's arm and then cut off the other arm and then the leg and then finally the head. And they wanted that to burn so much in their mind that they would never want to return to the city where they were from. Now I don't know if that happened to Daniel. That's just what history tells us of how ruthless they were. They would put the heads of the people that they conquered on their city gates and on their city walls. They were ruthless people. I don't know if that's what Daniel lived through with his parents because the Bible never mentions his parents. But we know that Daniel gets to this place there in Babylon, and Daniel's different. He's different from everybody else. The Bible says that it was in him a different spirit, and the reason there was a different spirit is that he purposed in his heart, the Bible says, not to defile himself. And then you look in Daniel chapter 6, and in Daniel chapter 6, now there's another kingdom that overthrew Babylon. It's the Medes and the Persians. And they had a law, and they said, if we make a law, there's no breaking that law. Not even the king himself who made the law could break that law. And the law was you cannot pray. They said you cannot pray to any other God. The only person you can pray to is the king. The king of the Medes and the Persians. Now I want you to notice what Daniel chapter 6 says, this is now Daniel already knowing what the new law was. And I want you to notice what Daniel chapter 6 verse 10 says. It says, Daniel knew that the writing was signed or the law was signed. He went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Daniel knows this is going to cost me my life, but you know what? Daniel had purpose in his life that he was just going to do what is right, no matter what it's going to cost him. Now, let me tell you the first characteristic, and I'm going to use the word faith as an acrostic. The first characteristics of a walk of faith is faithfulness. Faithfulness. Daniel was one that said, you know what, no matter what, if, they're gonna, if, they're gonna, if it's going to cost me my life, if they're going to kill me for this, fine, kill me. But guess what? I was praying before that law was made, and I'm going to pray after the law is made. It doesn't matter to me. You know, a walk of faith is something that is consistent in our life. It's when God, the relationship that we have with God is consistent in our life. Let me ask you something. How consistent is your relationship with God? You say, oh, what do you mean, pastor? Well, how consistent is your relationship? You know, if I were to ask you how consistent your relationship is with your friend, you could prove that like that. If I said, tell me how, how, how often, how consistent is your relationship with your girlfriend? I, how often do you talk? Oh, we talk every day. Oh, oh. So y'all just say hi every day? You say no. I, 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 you know, there's people I say hi to, but not my girlfriend or not my boyfriend. We actually talk, and how long do you talk? Do you talk ten minutes? Oh, no, no. We talk like an hour. Oh, and you talk for an hour like once a day? Uh, no. Usually we'll we'll talk in the morning, and then probably in the middle of school day, and maybe after the school day, and then right before we go to bed, and. You might talk four to five to six to seven times a day. And nobody thinks it's strange. No one goes, you're talking to her again? I mean, how interesting can she be? What can y'all talk about for so long? Nobody thinks that. When that happens, you just go, oh, it's because they're dating. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. Anyone that's been in that relationship, you know, it's just, you find a million things to talk about, and you never get bored of one another, and that's just part of that relationship. Because it's something that's there, it's, it's something that you, you value, something you're faithful in. So let me ask you again, how faithful are you in your relationship with God? How many times do you talk to Him? How long do you talk to Him? You know, a walk of faith, one thing that really made Daniel stand out is that in his walk, he said, this is what I do three times a day. This is what I do. Three times a day, my relationship with God is something that's just, it's important to me. And other people can see it. His windows were open. Everybody, this is what Daniel does. And it's like, it doesn't matter. You're right. This is what I do. Any person that has a walk of faith is one that has some faithfulness to them. No matter what the circumstances are, no matter who's watching, no matter what's going on in life, this is this personal walk, something of faithfulness. Then I want you to notice, secondly, a walk with adoration in it. Adoration. A walk of faith is someone that has time to worship. Adoration means worship worship look at psalm chapter 113 psalm chapter 113 most of these psalms were written by david king david now, i want you to notice what he writes here in this psalm or really probably what he sang, and somebody wrote, wrote it down but listen to this he says praise ye the lord praise O ye servants of the lord praise the name of the lord blessed be the name of the lord from this time forth and forevermore From the rising of sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God who dwelleth on high? Who is like or who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill, that he may set him with princesses and with the princes of his people." He maketh the barren woman to keep house into a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. You know, if you're going to have a walk of faith in your life, or if you've ever found somebody that has a walk of faith, you'll find this. They're people that adore God. In other words, in the time of singing, you know what they're doing? They're singing. They're not looking at their watch and going, is this going to be done soon? They're not looking at their neighbor and making jokes. They understand that when it's time to sing, it's not just something to do before the message because we got to get something to do. we gotta, we got to kill time somehow. No, They understand, you know what, this is a time of worship. This is a sacred time. It's an important time. It's a holy time. And let me tell you, it, it matters if you sing or don't sing. God wants to hear your singing and my singing. God wants you to worship him. You know, anyone with a walk of faith, you'll find in their life that there are people that love to adore God. They love just to worship him, to sing. It's not always the people with the best voices either. You don't have to be a famous singer to be able to worship and sing. But anyone with a walk of faith, let me tell you something. If you want a walk of faith, a real, listen, you want to make an impact in someone's life, learn to to worship God. Learn to worship God. And the third characteristic of someone that has a walk of faith is someone that has intentionality in their life. So what do you mean by intentionality? I'm talking about the intentionality of growing of growing in your faith, in your relationship, in your love, the intentionality of growing. Look at Psalm chapter 119. You're already there in 113. Just go a couple pages down. Psalm 119. And if you look at verse number 11, it says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. I highlight that verse because the psalmist is saying this. I've intentionally learned and memorized the word, To help me to stay pure, to overcome temptation, to overcome sin in my life. There was some intentionality in what he was doing. There was a reason why he was reading God's word. There was a reason why he's memorizing God's word. There's a reason why he's sharing God's word. Let me tell you something. What did you do today that was intentional in your growth with your relationship with God? I know I talk a lot about sports, but this is in everything, whether it's sports or anything. But usually, when you join a team, we have these things called practices, right? And when you go to practice, you have these things that they call drills. And the whole purpose of the drill is to get you better at your skill. So if you're a receiver, and you're doing 10-yard 10, 10 curls, and you know, you, you got to get out there, and you got to turn around and look for the football. I mean, they, you got to be precise in the way you run. You've got to be precise on your turns. Everything, every drill you do is to make you better in your skill. And, 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 and the reason you're doing that is there's an intention there. It's that when you get into game time, you do it without thinking. You start dribbling without thinking. You start doing all these things, there's some intention on what you're doing. Let me say, if you're going to grow in your Christian life, you've got to have intention. It's not just going to happen because you come on a Wednesday night. And I thank God that we have... Uh, young people, and you guys are making decisions. I want to be there. I was, I, was, I, was, I was pumped. I showed up this evening, and Javi's like, man, I was looking forward to this today. That's awesome. That's the kind of attitude you ought to have when you come to youth. Like, I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. We're going to sing. We're going to learn. It's going to be great. But if this is the only intentional decision you're making about growth, you're going to go very slowly, if at all. You know, when you wake up tomorrow, you ought to have the intention of saying, I'm going to read God's word just to grow. You ought to have the intention, I'm going to start memorizing God's word for me. Man, I was really challenged by this lately, and I've, I learned uh, Psalm chapter 103 by memory. It's got uh, 22 verses. Just It took me the whole month of, really, January and February I've been working on it, and you can ask my wife. I've been trying to quote it to her and tell me when I mess up. But it's, I haven't done that all of my life, but listen, I was really challenged this year to do that. So why are you doing that to be intentional in my growth? The next psalm I'm working on is Psalm chapter 91. Why? Because I, I, I realized I wasn't being intentional in my growth. So funny how intentional I was with other things, even when I was trying to learn the guitar and trying to learn basketball. Real intentional what I was doing, but sometimes... It gets to a point in life where you stop being intentional about what you're doing for God. I realized I needed to do that. And you might be here tonight saying, you know what, Pastor? I need to be a little bit more intentional myself. You know, if you're going to have a walk of faith, you're going to need that. You're going to need faithfulness, adoration, intentionality. Uh, Number four, two more quickly, truth. You're going to need the truth. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians and said, I'm glad that when you... What I was writing to you, you didn't just receive it as, oh, that's Paul's opinion. You said you received it as it really is, the truth. And let me tell you something, you need the truth today. The Bible says the truth will set you free. There's a lot of bondage today. A lot of people are captive, held captive today. A lot of young people, they feel so uh, so captivated by things and so imprisoned by things that many of them are taking their life or going to drugs or turning to alcohol and they're saying this is going to help me feel free but they never get free because only the truth can do that. The Bible says in Proverbs truth and sell it not. Get a hold of the truth make, make this be something that's important to you. Make the truth be what you want to live by. Usually a teenager that gets in trouble is because they don't really want to believe that truth or follow it. You ought to make the decision tonight, I want a walk of faith. It says the truth is important. And I want you to give you the last one tonight, and that is harmony. A walk of faith is harmony in life. Now, if you know anything about music, you know harmony is when you start, you know, you might go on the on the next uh, uh, couple of uh, notes a little bit higher and one sings. You and the other one will sing uh, the melody or someone will sing the bass and the tenor and, and they, they harm. We love harmony in music. It's great. But you know what I mean by harmony in a walk of faith? It means that the principles of this word, I start applying them everywhere in my life. God is not just a part of my life. God is my life. I was talking to a, a young couple that's looking to get married here soon. And I was talking to them about, hey, uh, what have you all thought about where you're going to work and what you're going to do with your lives and and how you're going to uh, uh, raise your family? And the first thing, you know, what I, t- I said, you know, what you graduated with, uh, there's a possibility that your job may take you to many cities. And I said, you know, you should make the decision now to say, you know, I want to settle down in a city. I'm not going to go just where the biggest raise is, where I'm going to make the most money. I'm going to set my family somewhere where there's a good church that I can raise my family with the truth of God's word. I'm going to allow God to harmonize in my life in every area. That's what Micah 6.8 is all about. Harmonizing in that way. And people, you can have a walk of faith. You can have one. But you're going to have to have faithfulness in your life. You're going to have to learn to worship and adore God. You're going to have some intentionality in what you're doing. You're going to have to listen and obey the truth of God's word. And then you're going to have to let all of that harmonize in your life. And the people you date. And the music that you listen to. The way that you talk. And what you talk about. The way you use your social media. I mean... Let it harmonize everywhere in your life. You can have a walk of faith. If you have a walk of faith, I'm telling you to do the work of God. And tonight decision, I'm going to have faith. That kind of walk.